You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. It's weird. I talked about it just two days ago when the Hornets, they tweeted out just a couple of hours ago. You have to wonder if the Charlotte Hornets social media team is listening Maybe Michael Jordan is just listening to the podcast. I'm not quite sure. I'm going I'm to go with that. Um, the Charlotte Hornets, they tweeted out a photo of Vlade Divac. I've asked you this a million times. We know that pronunciation, pronunciation, <laughs> it's always weird when we try to get some of these guys' last names. I'm going with Divac because I think that's right. Vlade Divac and Anthony Mason were tweeted out wearing the purple pinstripe jerseys that everybody has grown to love since Charlotte said that they were going to wear these things about five times this season. And I said on Tuesday that for some reason, the players I think of in the purple pinstripes are Vlade Divac and Anthony Mason. It's just weird, Doug, because I thought it was just because of maybe a couple basketball cards that I had that had these guys wearing the purple jerseys. I don't know why these are the specific two players. Maybe there's something that somebody else out there can help me out with. Maybe this was the year that they debuted where these were the two guys that were the stars. I don't know, but I think of these two players. I said that on Tuesday, and here are the Hornets tweeting out a picture of just those two players wearing the purple jerseys. Yeah, it may be that those two players were part of uh, several years where those purple jerseys were featured because they actually they started wearing them in 94-95, and that was the Larry Johnson, po- the year after Alonzo Mourning. So it's the Larry Johnson, Scott Burrell, Muggsy Bogues, Del Curry, uh, Michael Adams. Uh, so that year was year one for those purple jerseys. Michael Adams, well. Yeah, throwback, right? Yeah, um, uh, it was. So it could be that you're just you just remembered that era, or it could be that the photo that they featured is a photo that may have been featured a lot in, in articles about the Hornets coming back, or just a photo you've seen a lot. Or it is an indication, like a lot of weird things that happen in the world, that this life that we're living is actually a giant simulation, and what we think is reality is actually not reality. The purple jerseys are just so fantastic. The only person I've seen hate on them is, of course, our very own Nada Edwards. He's the one that hated the purple jerseys. We've talked about this before when the Hornets released the white pinstripes, released the teal pinstripes. We said we wanted the purple pinstripes. Nada was the only one that said he didn't want them. Of course, I'm sure he called us uncultured savages at that point. We have them now, and they just look so much better than all the other jerseys. In a jersey and a uniform for the Hornets that looks very good with a lot of different designs because the color scheme is so unique and is so good. Purple is my favorite. It seems like they're everybody else's favorite. Not a hates, of course, but most people seem to be a fan. Well, if most people seem to be a fan, then it is only natural that Nada is mm-hmm. is not That's a fan. True. He has to he has to cut against the grain. His grain is always the opposite grain of everyone else's grain. Uh, you did see that the the Matrix, they're doing a fourth Matrix movie. You've seen this, right? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. I'm breaking news to you. Yeah. Is so Keanu Reeves going to be in Keanu it? Keanu Reeves is returning. Carrie Ann Moss is returning. And uh, Lana Wachowski. So one of the Wachowski sisters is returning to produce, direct, write, do all of the things for, for the Matrix, similar uh, to how they did it for the first three. So um, what would really be strange is if the Matrix 4, a movie about 
reality not being reality and the world being a simulation begins with a, a mild-mannered podcast host feeling a little bit weird about seeing a photo after predicting that the people in the photo would be the people in the photo. I've never seen the second or the third. I believe there's only three. Well, you just said there was four coming out now. So there's only three. I've only seen the first one. One, two, three, four is coming out. So there's only three. I've only seen the first one. And I've seen it a a bunch of times. I enjoy the first one. It's a very good movie. I've not seen the second and third. I imagine you, our movie connoisseur, has seen both of them and like both of them. Yeah, so the, the Matrix franchise is really the first franchise that I remember going to like a midnight showing of in, in high school with friends. It was the, the the second movie. I did not see the first. The first movie was 1999, so I definitely didn't see that at midnight. And it wasn't, there wasn't midnight showings because there was not an anticipated, it wasn't an anticipated release. Uh, only after the first one became a cult hit. Uh, and so I went to see the second one at midnight, and I liked the second one a lot. The third one, not so much. But th- the problem with both two and three is that C- the, the things that they wanted to do and the technology that they had in terms of CGI just didn't quite align. And so when you go back and watch it, the, you, a lot of the effects that they did, they just they tried to go a little too far with the technology that they have and and thus it looks a little cartoony at times like it's it's not a great it's not a great blend but it just in terms of how the movies are constructed i mean i I really like the second one i think it's definitely worth the watch i want to say this about the purple jerseys real quick because i haven't had my say on this show because i missed on tuesday this is the lockdown hornets presented by the (laughs) law go ahead i'll let you go all right i was was always gonna let you go I, if you wanted to hard out me, that's fine. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I would have dealt with it and tried to get it in in the second second. Please share. We're all at the edge of our seat. So a lot of people that listen to the show know that I have been clamoring for this moment uh, to get these purple jerseys. And, and I really, I just feel like that they're not only one of the better throwback jerseys for the Charlotte Hornets. I think they're one of the better throwback jerseys in general. I don't think that any team has been able to pull off purple like the Charlotte <laughs> oh. Hornets have been able to pull off purple. And uh, so I'm really excited about this. What I don't like are, are look, if you're an average fan and you're, you're, you pay your money, you go to the seats and you're, you're upset about the, the way that the Hornets are constructed right now and some of the mistakes of the past, you know, feel, you're a paying customer. Feel free to, to bitch online all you want. But, but some of the people that sort of make their following or make, make a little bit of money online uh, um, about this, you know, and, in concert with this team because of this team. I don't like them them getting Twitter cute with the purple jerseys and saying, oh, well, you know, yeah, so what? Purple jerseys, uh, there are no players to put in the purple. Like, everybody knows that this team is in a rebuilding mode. We all know that this team uh, made some mistakes in handling the Kimball Walker thing. Like, can we just, can we not have one moment? Can we not enjoy something that's going to be neat to see at, at five home games next season and a slew of away games, I'm sure. Can we not just have this one moment without, without you know, a couple of these people uh, that, uh, you know, again, sort of make their following because of the Hornets uh, dishing on this, on this thing because, you know, it's not going to be a great product next season. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can get Locked On Hornets on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, 
or you get home from work, just tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Hornets. We got Kimball Walker doing some nice things for Team USA. We also have a couple of players for the Hornets releasing a rap album. Yes, this is what we want. This is what we live for here on this type of show. We'll get to it all later on on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. One of the shots is Godzilla just, of course, rising out of the sea, ready to fight all the other Godzilla monsters that are attacking Earth. And I was like, ah, oh, it's Frank Kaminsky. That's exactly what Frank did. He Ferocious. Where has he been? He just comes out of the ocean. You made that. That was, that was quite the sound. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug promised via Twitter that he would put my mishap trip on Friday on the rundown. And here it is, as I told everyone that I was going to fly to Indiana in order to get a car. I did so, flew Friday morning, did half the show of the wake-up call, and then at 8 o'clock decided to head towards the airport. Kind of a night, <clears throat> Kind of a nightmare day, flying out there, delayed constantly, was supposed to get out at 10.30, Got delayed till 11.30, which means I missed my connecting flight in Washington, D.C. That flight made me uh, lost about five, six hours. And then I was supposed to get on the plane. Of course, it gets delayed again. Didn't get into Indianapolis until 8.30. Was supposed to get into Indianapolis at 2.10. How, so, how were, were there anyone? I love when people get angry on airplanes. How Was there someone that just got just really angry about the big delay? Well, we were, also, we were still in the terminal, so we weren't on the airplane wow. delayed. So it was just we weren't allowed to get on because it wasn't ready yet. That's my favorite thing. When people get angry at an airplane for not taking off, it's like, what are you, what are you doing? Like there's, there's nothing you can do about it. And you getting angry is, it's just not going to help. Like nothing is going to make this plane move. There are just thousands of regulations that prevent this plane from doing whatever it's supposed to do. And you yelling at a, at a stewardess or whatever, or flight attendant is not going to help. So I took an Uber to Charlotte Douglas International. Very pleasant Uber ride. Not a whole lot of talking. Kind of had one earbud in listening to the show with Bobby and Molly doing it without me. Just checking in on them, seeing if I was going to have to clown them or if they were going to have to clown me. Always something that you have to do. Great great strategy, by the way. The one bud strategy when you get into an Uber. mm -hmm. Because if you put on two buds, I feel like that's rude. You're not opening yourself up to 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 the Uber driver especially if they need something from you, um, which I don't like Uber drivers who ask you for directions. It's like, that's not why I did this. I got in because you have Google. You can get me to where I need to go. Now I all of a sudden have to to do some work. That's not how this arrangement is supposed to go. I should get 50% off if I have to navigate you. But, but that's beside the point. Two earbuds, that's rude. One earbud says, hey, I'm kind of listening to something. So if you need me, let me know. If not, I'm good. I went with the one earbud strategy, and it was fine. He picked up on it. It was a very good Uber driver. We get all the way to him dropping me off at the airport. I open up the door. I then get my bag out and say, hey, man, I really appreciate the ride. He said, Mm -hmm. thanks, no problem. Have a safe flight. I said, I appreciate it. You too. Slam the door. Oh, my God. As soon as I slam the door, too, it's like, ah, just crumbling. It kills me. I'm somebody that has those anxiety-filled social experiences anyway, 
where all I'm thinking of is in my head is to just go with the social blueprint. And usually I'm correct and usually I'm very good at that. For some reason, I just wasn't at the top of my game and I wasn't expecting him to say, have a safe flight. I was just expecting him to say, hey, no problem, you know, whatever, and then move on. I didn't expect him to say, have a safe flight. And so in my head, I'd already, you know, I, I expected to have a nice day, right? That's what I had become accustomed to. And he said, have a safe flight. And I said, you too. You missed that guy's the- not getting on a plane, Doug. He's not, he's not riding anywhere. You know, he's not, he's not getting no. out at the airport either. No, I mean, he's gotta, he's why gotta, am I telling him to have a safe flight? Maybe a safe drive. I could have just changed one word and maybe saved it. I could have saved what, it mid-sentence. You know what really bothers it. you about it is probably the same thing that bothers me about it is I think about He's going to think about that all day. Like, why did that idiot tell me to have a safe flight? He knows, I'm, know, not, just, he knows I'm not flying anywhere. He's the lucky guy who gets to fly wherever he wants to fly. I have to sit in this I'm car and drive other people around. It's more I'm just a clown. Like, what an idiot. I don't think he thinks about it all day. It's just like no, the last impression did. that I left him. You ruined his day. I'm the idiot. I'm the idiot that doesn't know how to talk to people. And that's how I came off. And it was pretty embarrassing. And John Fokey, who we got a chance to talk to, <laughs> he responded as well, talking about how it reminds him of a comedy bit. You know, everybody's done it. I do... F- Everybody has done that. I feel like I've seen that on Twitter quite a bit, but I fell victim to it late, uh, and uh, I did it last week. It was the first time I've ever done anything like that. It's the first time I've ever done anything stupid, of course. The only time, and that's the only time I'm actually going to tell you if it wasn't. So, Miles Bridges, Dwayne Bacon, they come out with a rap album. It's called King of Ace, Doug. Have you listened to it at all? Is this something you're familiar with? Because it's gotten real. I think it was released yesterday, maybe two days ago. No, this is breaking news to me. I didn't, um, and I've been doing these high o'clock alarm like news updates on uh, on our Patreon page, uh, patreon.com forward slash loh. By the way, if you want to get access to those, uh, but shameless plug. Um, so I should have put this in today's. I'll put it in tomorrow's. But yeah, this is breaking news today to me. King of Ace, Miles Bridges and Dwayne Bacon, couple of young guns, entrepreneur. See, this is the entrepreneurial spirit at work. This is America at its finest. King of Ace, the album is called, and I wanted to listen to a couple of different lines that each of these guys had, a couple different bars maybe. Turns out I can't say a lot of them. them. Yeah, couldn't say a lot of them. Uh, a lot of them included a lot of sexual innuendo that I was not I mean, I wouldn't feel comfortable doing it right here. I'm just not going to do it's it. It's not about because the podcast we can say anything. This is not the right. radio, but it's not even about that. You just feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. repeating other people's sexual innuendo, right? Well, and especially even if it is not the radio, I do like I will dabble in some curse words here and there more than I will on the radio <laughs> because of the FCC. I will do that every once in a while. I'll dabble I'm not going to get in in some I, profanity. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, I will tell you one line, though. I like from his song, Kimba. They gave a shout-out to their boy that went to the Boston Celtics. One of the lines was, she be acting like she 12, like a baby John Stockton. And that was actually one of those lines that was repeated later on in the show. So, in the show, in the song. So, what's funny is usually when you have a, a banger line like that, it'll get repeated or it'll get echoed. And it's funny that they thought that was the line. She'd be acting like she 12, like a baby John Stockton. It gets repeated later on. thought that was pretty funny. Also, I think they had a, we balling in LA like the Clippers. Classic, nice little line there. Instead of going with the Lakers, they decided to go with the Clippers. Kind of shows a different generation. But overall, rap album seemed to be well received on Twitter, at least from all the Charlotte Hornets fans to talk about the team. Now, you didn't say what the next line, what was the rhyme on there? She be acting like she 12, like a baby John Stockton. <laughs> if you want a Hornets podcast, listen to Locked On. 
Oh man, that's that was bad, the next. Dog. That was the next line. I'm just telling. <laughs> I'm just reporting what the next line was. That was Don't blame me. Think. Blame MB and DB. Miles Bridges, Dwayne Bacon. <laughs> That's their stage names, right? They just took their initials. They just went with MB and DB. I appreciate. I mean, you're you're clowning it, but I'm. A, I appreciate them going out on a limb and 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 pubbing us a little bit. I like that. <laughs> they even went DB, which is your initials. Now, you know, Miles didn't do anything. He couldn't include me in there somehow. But at least Dwayne Bacon does go with your initials, so you get a little bit of cred there. Uh, but the rap album, it's. I think it's about like uh, I've got the list up here. It is ten tracks. Uh, only two songs that are longer than three minutes, by the way. So a very short album. <laughs> well, songs. So here's the interesting thing about this to me, because Damian Lillard has also found some success uh, in this world outside of his NBA career. And I, and I feel like when when there were gatekeepers to the music world, we saw NBA players or NFL players or or really celebrities in general who got into the music game we, we were, like, ready to ridicule it. It was like, I remember Shaq. You know, I think Shaq did, tried to... Oh, but he's got a great song, though. Can't Stop the Rain. Okay, that song with okay, Biggie. that's fine. Oh, that's, that's fire, fine. Doug. But if you remember, when he got in, we were just... Qu- everyone was quick to ridicule it, okay? that's one of the, But there were gatekeepers of the music I was, world. like, four years old when he got in the game. I know, and I just felt that it was odd. <laughs> so that, I don't remember. That you and your huggies <laughs> were, were, you know, uh, dishing on Shaq. I thought it was inappropriate. But here's the thing. Now that all the gatekeepers are gone and guys like Miles Bridges and Dwayne Bacon, there, there are not a lot of hoops to jump through to produce an album and get it into the ears of people. If you have some status, you can push something like this. It's just not, I mean, I don't know whether this album's any good or not, but I just think it's interesting that it goes into this whole thing where players have more control over their uh, career trajectory, whether it be in basketball or, or you know how famous they get. It's why, like a, a guy like Miles Bridges, could if he turned into a star, could could be fine in Charlotte, making a name for himself. Like you don't have to go to L.A., you don't have to go to New York to do these things anymore. I think it does give some advantage to uh, smaller markets. There, I, I wrapped it all back around to the Charlotte Hornets. I'm going to bring it back to the rap game. Shaq had a couple of good songs. Probably Biggie helped it a little bit, maybe having the best rapper of all time on your track. But I still like Shaq's work on Can't Stop the Rain. Also, I remember when J.J. Redick graduated from Duke and entered the NBA draft. Uh, Maybe it wasn't even quite that. Maybe it was within his NBA career, still with the Magic. J.J. Redick released a rap album. I don't know if you knew that. Well, I knew that, you know, in Duke, he was known for his poetry, which oh, I, I you know, know <laughs> I went to Carolina and we definitely did not we definitely did not make fun of that. We appreciated no, his love of the arts. No, you guys are very mature. I'm sure you wouldn't have done that at all. Also, Damian Lillard and Marvin Bagley had some not real beef, but kind of fun beef over the summer. Marvin Bagley, I think, got beat, man. Damian Lillard is just so good. Like you want to talk about somebody that's actually legitimately really good that I would actually enjoy listening to. I listen to this for the people. This is not for my genuine enjoyment. Damian Lillard, I would listen to those track, to those tracks, to whatever record he puts out because he's actually really good. Damian Lillard is somebody that actually can probably have a career if he wanted to pursue one after basketball. She be acting like she 12 like a baby John Stockton. If you want a Hornets podcast, listen to Locked On. 
we we don't do this podcast alone. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network. Search Locked On in your podcast feed to see if your favorite NFL, MLB, or college team is represented. Uh, that shook me. That's not good. <laughs> or you can go to LockedOnSports.com. Hey, everybody's a critic. You, you know, I just put myself out there just trying to do my art. The Locked On Podcast Network is covering your team every day. We've got Kemba Walker on the other side. This is Locked On Hornets. So if you don't believe in the moon landing, Mm -hmm. then what would you say is the greatest human achievement? I think the greatest achievement of all time, and I think it's Vince Carter doing 360s clockwise rather than counterclockwise. It's really tough. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. It's called a half rhyme, okay? Stockton, locked on. Locked, locked in. Lo- no, locked in. no, Stockton, locked on. I'm trying to make it on. work. It's and I, like I did the thing that really I, fast. I don't know if this has a technical name, but I did the thing where you go, ba 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 ba, and then you sort of reverse. I don't even know what grammatically what it would be called, but you go, ba 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 ba. So, Hornets podcast, locked on. Instead of locked on Hornets podcast, I flipped it. Subject kind of predi- like the last name before the first name. So yeah, subject predicate. I don't know subject to ver. I don't know. I don't know what I'm splitting there, but I feel like I hear that a lot in in music. We spend a lot of time talking about Devin Booker on this show. You would think that a Hornets podcast, a podcast that is truly centered around discussing maybe some of the funny things that happened with the Charlotte Hornets, but also during the season, providing some type of knowledge. At least we try to. You would think that this particular podcast would not spend as much time as we do talking about Devin Booker yet here we are with yet another segment that is going to be surrounded at least for the moment by Devin Booker because Doug just can't seem to help himself and yet here is Devin Booker making the national rounds and it makes Doug salivate because he wants to talk about a moment that is not too becoming of Devin Booker out there in open court. Talk about acting like you're 12 like a baby John Stockton (laughs) Devin Booker out here I mean I get it it's a it's a tune-up. He's with, uh, I think, Joe Kim Noah and Ben Simmons. So I it's want to an- say that before you go in real quickly. It's a random group of players. It's a fun group of players. Ben Simmons, uh, I think. With, hold on. When you step on the floor with Joe Kim Noah, I, I think you got to know that it's not so fun. Ben Simmons, Devin Booker, Joe Kim Noah, and then Tony Snell is out there, and he goes and, and doubles Snell-a-vision. Devin Booker. And those were the only guys that I could recognize within the video. I think maybe there might be a couple of other people, but how about those four? Go ahead, Doug. Okay, so like it's an open gym thing, and then uh, the ball goes to Devin Booker, and they double him up, and he can't pass out of it, and I think it was a, a turnover or whatever. And he gets upset about it, and he's like, oh, we, we, we're not doubling an open gym. And Joakim Noah tells him, oh, yeah, we are. And, and look, I don't know the rules of open gym, but here's what I do know. I know this, that I can't imagine – a great NBA player, a player that's that's destined for greatness, g- saying at any point, don't double me. Instead, they're saying, go ahead, double me, triple me, because I'm going to get out of it. I'm going to make a play for myself or someone else because that's winning basketball. Devin Booker also said he sees enough of that in the regular season. And so a, a favorite response, right, was the reaction that you just had for anybody that's not going to be able to pay attention to this video. The reaction was, well, if you see it a lot during the regular season and yet your argument against it is that 
you want to work on your game. We're not here to double team. You would think that kind of conflicts with the other thing you just said. If you see it a lot during the regular season, you would think you want to work on that. And so that was a favorite response from everybody going at Devin Booker. I will say Kevin Durant came to Devin Booker's defense, but that seemed to be the only guy. Well, because, you know, if people are criticizing someone online, like Kevin Durant goes into a phone booth and turns into Superman and, and flies out to defend anyone who's being criticized online with his nine, uh, you know, burner accounts. Devin Burner. But so here's the thing with with Booker saying that, like, if you don't want a double team, I can give you a long list of things that you could do right now during your summer that don't involve double teams. You can go on a cruise. Uh, you can go to the mountains, rent a log cabin and start a nice fire, roast some marshmallows. Like there's plenty of things that you can do. But if you step onto the floor and I think Joakim Noah would agree with me here, if you step between the boundary lines you know, anything goes within the context of the rules of the game. And the rules of the game say, if you're a good shooter, I have the right to double team you. And yeah, he should be getting ready for this. It's a, the problem is, I'm sure he sees a lot of double teams, but I'm sure he also sees, this is a problem with him playing in Phoenix, he sees a lot of pointless basketball. He sees a lot of, of times when the rest of his team has given up or the other team is not taking them seriously or it's a 40-point lead on the Suns. And so he just has not been exposed to enough real, you know, tense basketball situations to, to understand that, hey, a double team can come at any point and you have to be ready and you have to know what to do with the basketball. Get out of here. Walker. Devin Snooker. Sorry. I love you. Devin Stucker. Kemba Walker scored 23 points today in Team USA's victory over Australia. It was an exhibition game, but Kemba Walker really did show out. It was a lot of fun to watch him play. I got a chance to watch this game, Doug. Looks like Kemba Walker has been working really hard, and of course he looks just like the really good Kemba Walker that we had become accustomed to here in Charlotte. Also, Jason Tatum hit a couple of nice threes in a row at one point in that game. Tatum looks good. Tatum also looks taller than he did last year, and I was listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, and I think they mentioned something like that, and it didn't occur to me. I didn't think anything of it until I watched this game, and it was like, oh my God, he does look taller. He looks a little Kevin Durantish out there. Right. I would be... I I really do think that he grew. I would not be surprised if they actually measured him and say, you know what, this is a guy that's like 6'10 now rather than 6'8, which is what he previously was listed at, I believe. Uh, he looked really good. Miles Turner looked really good for the Pacers playing for Team USA. 15 points at a couple jump shots, also 14 rebounds. But Kemba, man, you know, watching him play alongside Donovan Mitchell, Rick Bennell was nice enough to tweet that out for everybody <laughs> to be reminded of pain. But it was a backcourt that could have been here in Charlotte. Now it will play out on the court with Team USA. But Kemba looked good, man. I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of that today or have any interest in watching it later on. But Kemba scoring 23 points with a couple of members uh, of the Boston Celtics. We'll see exactly how good they'll be able to perform later on. But it, it looked good against Australia. If you can get through the pain of seeing Kemba Walker and Donovan Mitchell side by side, uh, you know, Batman and Robin taking over a game and winning it for Team USA and, and imagining what they could have done for the Hornets. If you can get through all that, which I can't, I just cried the whole time. But if you can and you like Kemba Walker, then I, I think you you could be really uh, excited that he gets to be on a national stage. This is such a great opportunity and such a savvy move by Kemba Walker, by the way. He moves to the Boston Celtics. He's already going to have the bright lights on him. But how much goodwill is he is he gathering by being basically the only all-star player 
that decided to hang with Team USA and try to win this uh, this World Cup for the USA. And, and he gets and he gets to learn alongside Pop, so it's only going to, going to make him better ultimately. So perhaps. This is bad planning on my part. I wish we'd have talked about this earlier rather than allowing you to talk Devin Booker and rhyming locked on with Stockton. Uh, Thought that was great stuff. There there is something serious I do want to mention here. Listening to the Bill Simmons podcast, they were talking about the benefits of playing with Team USA. And it was actually the podcast that Brian Windhorst was a guest. And they discussed some of the breakout years after guys, after superstars, had played with Team USA the year before, whether it was the Olympic team or whether it was a FIBA team. But they talked about Kevin Durant. They talked about this game in Turkey where he absolutely lit it up. Everybody was going crazy. And how that game and that experience playing with Team USA really helped him the next season. There was a lot of people that benefited from that. In 2008, they referenced Kobe Bryant kind of taking over Team USA because LeBron James just wasn't ready for it at that moment. For some reason, he wasn't able to take everybody uh, on his back and win that gold medal. But Kobe Bryant, remember, I think it was 04, right? 04 where they got bronze in Athens. And then in 08, Team USA is able to get that gold medal because Kobe is able to put the team on his back because LeBron wasn't ready for it yet. But then in 09, you know, they have like some 60 win season. They went down this list. James Harden and Paul George and Kevin Durant would stay after practice on Team USA and play these vicious one on one battles. Paul George goes out and leads the Pacers, of course, to those Eastern Conference Finals appearances against the Heat. James Harden becomes an MVP candidate. Team USA has done really good things for these basketball players that are looking to take a next step. And you wonder if Kimball Walker might be a little too late in his career to kind of go through that, right? I, I think there's certainly some benefits, like you said, playing with Greg Popovich, playing with just different people rather than playing with the Hornets his entire life, the Charlotte organization his entire life. But it's not too late for Donovan Mitchell. It's not too late for Jason Tatum. De'Aaron Fox got a taste of it before he decided to go home, which was kind of surprising. But there's some younger players that really can benefit from this. And I, w- I want to talk about Donovan Mitchell here a little bit more, Doug, because Utah was always a team I felt was a little bit overrated this offseason. I think they did a great job. I love them getting Mike Conley. I just did not have them as the favorite to come out of the West. And even when the Clippers got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I feel like people were still saying, well, okay, Clippers are probably the favorite, but Utah, man, they're really good. I just didn't think they had enough star power. And I think I've heard Zach Lowe and maybe some other people mention it as well. But if Donovan Mitchell takes that kind of step where he's able to become a top 15 player in the game and you have Conley and Rudy Gobert and all of a sudden that team looks a lot better and then it affects the Boston Celtics too, right? Because if Kimba Walker's there and you have Jason Tatum make that huge leap because he doesn't have to play with Kyrie Irving anymore. All of a sudden, that entire team gets along so well. Can you see some even more star power where Jason Tatum takes this huge leap? Maybe even a Jalen Brown who's on Team USA. Can you see Donovan Mitchell take this huge leap where they're able to propel their teams into, oh, hell, they're a lot better than I thought they'd be, and I thought they'd be pretty damn good. And so it's interesting, right? Because with those two guys maybe being stars we did not expect to at that level, I just think Team USA is a good thing, and and it was a a very interesting conversation to hear Brian Windhorst and Bill Simmons go back and forth about it. Yeah, Walker, and I guarantee you, Kimball Walker, Team USA practice, double team. (laughs) Probably getting out of it. Double team all day. 
And and real quickly, Devin I, I want to make one more point before we ended this. Real quickly, before you can go on your more uh, more Devin Booker, unbelievable. Uh, also, Kimball Walker, they were talking about an interesting point about just how good the Boston Celtics are going to be this year. You know, Jason Tatum, we talked about those guys maybe taking a step up, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. But also Bill Simmons kind of proposed the idea of, you know, Kyrie Irving is just such a weird dude. He rubbed people the wrong way. There are stories that Zach Lowe and Bill Simmons and some of these, you know, big NBA figureheads talk about that they don't share, but that it just proves how crazy Kyrie Irving is. To have well, it doesn't prove a- it because they won't share it. Well, right. I guess that's true. To have Kyrie Irving be the leader of that team and then to turn 180 degrees for Kimball Walker, which everybody just thinks the world of. He's just the best guy in the world. It's just a top five good guy in the NBA, I think is the phrase they put it. You know, that has to matter, right? Where Kimba, he's done carrying the team. Kyrie wants to carry the team, right? That's why he demanded a trade out of Cleveland. Kimba's done carrying the team because he realizes it just won't work, especially with the talent that he had around him. He wants to see Jason Tatum and these guys get a lot better. It just, you, you think that would be a perfect marriage, man. It's just Boston. I feel like people were a little scared about them just because maybe they don't have a good enough team to quite compete for a championship. There's some things that could go right for them that I don't think are crazy out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's, a, really it's, it's uh, people like to look at the history of the U.S. presidency and Let's look at all the points at which we we as as Americans elected one person, and then after four or eight years went in a completely opposite direction. It kind of happened last time. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's not this is not a pattern uh, that is that is odd for for a team to look at one thing. Wow, this thing drastically did not work. So I'm going to go for something else that is the complete opposite, and and see and hope it's not an overcorrection. It's like hiring a head coach. You know, Steve Clifford was so focused on defense. You thought, okay, do we go with an offensive guy that's a little bit more player's coach where I don't think you would classify Steve Clifford as that, right? It's it's the tendency to go with the complete opposite because something didn't work when in reality, usually the best answer is to go with something in the middle to find the happy medium. Well, I do think in this Boston case, it was the correct answer to go complete opposite, at least the persona of what Kyrie Irving provided. It's the Lockdown Hornets podcast. We always thank you for listening. And remember, you can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Lockdown Hornets. Hopefully, Doug's got some sick more rhymes for you on the next show. It'll be on Tuesday next week. Always, we appreciate you joining us. Embrace the double team. <laughs>